Good afternoon, Patty. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is this is Calgary Business Podcast. Welcome. So, Thank Patty, you. this is episode number one hundred and fifty. It's a nice round number. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. And Patty Morris, introduce yourself and Wellspring Calgary, please. You bet. So, yeah, I'm Patty Morris. I'm the CEO of Wellspring Calgary, and Wellspring is a cancer support center. We um, we were founded in 2007 by three cancer survivors, right. Calgarians, who had had this similar experience of having really wonderful medical care, but realizing that they needed so much more to help them to pick up the pieces yeah. after a cancer diagnosis. And they were fortunate to be able to access those resources. But when they were kind of better and back on their feet, they thought, wouldn't it be great if, if the kinds of things that we know are important right. or available freely to anyone who had cancer. And, um, and so they, they decided to create that. And I, I had the privilege of actually being a part of their startup efforts. And um, Wellspring, um, the model that they came up with, right. there is a model so that exists. Wellspring pre-existed. It was started in, in Toronto about oh, 27 okay. years ago. So not in Calgary, and though. Where was, was it? Where was yeah, the original created, place? Okay. Originally in Toronto, and and the the first Wellspring Center was created by an oncologist and a patient yeah. for exactly the same reason as our co-founders wanted to create Wellspring Calgary. Just a, a recognition that, um, yeah, as I said, that there's more to getting back on your feet after cancer than just. What's well, interesting you say that. So this care. is, I mean, you're talking thirteen, twelve, thirteen years ago when they started, but you know, my sister. I, I'm going to just share this quickly because my sister just went through. Uh, cancer and then you know but the whole back to your point about the information and what to do you're talking about uh, eating and resources from the government Alberta healthcare diets all that and she was like it just wasn't there wasn't one place to go to so this yeah yeah and that's exactly what they found as well that you know all those things like there is great um, yeah research that exists around exercise, nutrition, around, you know, emotional distress and how you get through that, that fear of living with a life threatening illness, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so they've, um, what we do is we've brought all of that together under one roof and we've got 90 different Uh, things that I was going to ask you that because I go to your website and I couldn't, I was, I was just going to start counting that. I'm going to let Patty do that. 90 programs. Wow. Yeah, 90, 90 programs, and they're available both for the person who's diagnosed yeah. as well as for caregivers who are also living with cancer. Everything's free. There's no referral that's required. Um, it's non-medical, non-clinical, but really um, important things. You know, that the research tells us that in the absence of the kinds of things that we provide, that people, it actually has a, sure. you know, a health consequence. Well, the mental health, I mean, there's that mental that, health. Yeah. And as we've seen with the COVID-19, people are isolated, so then you have an added if you do have cancer and you're isolated from your friend, your loved ones, I mean, is that an issue? Maybe you can share some stories on that one or one story or that's. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, that was one of the reasons why we were so motivated to make sure that our programs made a, a rapid transition from face to face to right. online and phone, because you're right that I think what, what we hear most from people that are living with cancer is that fear Yeah and isolation are the two biggest issues and and now you add COVID-19 onto it and people are living with even more intense fear and isolation and um and and so yes uh, 
you know, we, we were able to quickly make this, this transition. And, and I guess a quick story is just that, you know, from many, well, to a person, actually, we haven't had one piece of feedback yeah. other than positive from our members who are so, so grateful well, it's for almost, the opportunity. It's, oh, Patty, are you still there? Community and to have those supports. Okay. I mean, it's almost, you know, and I think, yes, I think I of just the COVID, the isolation's there, but then again, people are, as you, you I think you said it right away, you, you managed to pivot quickly into being online and suddenly it's easier. You don't have to drive and, and find a parking spot. And I'm just, I'm talking categorically i'm not saying specifically to you but in general i mean for my podcast it's i've been able to meet people a lot easier and uh and and, and for a lot longer time longer discussions than being one-on-one in buildings or wherever their offices are yeah we're really discovering that as well i agree um you know, we had been we been yeah. nervous about about this online programming. We knew we were going to have to go there because of uh, yeah. because of our intention to serve Southern Alberta. Um, but but you're absolutely right that one of the things that we're hearing from our members is that you know I can take more programs than I have in the past because I don't have to drive and or if I can't yeah. drive, I don't have to get a ride to one of your centers. And and for some people, they also are appreciating the anonymity of it, you know, for, for some yeah. people, especially people that are coming from smaller communities, sometimes yeah. there is a real interest in making sure that there's. So you're, you, you said protected. Southern Alberta, because so I think you and I talked that. offline on this a little bit. So you're like, literally, you're covering down Lethbridge, Pincher Creek. Are we, are we driving now? Can we drive there? Right? Calgary? Oh, <laughs> I guess I got cut off. I was I was saying a Sorry, virtual drive. Can we take a virtual drive through southern Alberta? So, but you cover so the ninety yes, program is not just Calgary. <laughs> you're you're going into like down into Lethbridge and, and so forth. Yes, and so this is new territory for right. us. We, you know, we our genesis was Calgary and area, and not that we have any geographic boundaries, but of course the people that were tending right. to come to us were people from Calgary and surrounding communities. But, but we were always mindful that there were right. so many more people that need our programs and support. So um, just coincidentally, we brought on our Southern Alberta lead, the person that's leading our Southern Alberta work in March. And then, of course, COVID happened. And so we've really expedited that work. You know, what she's been doing is reaching out to, as you said, all of those communities, those uh, Southern Alberta communities and reaching out to primary care networks and physicians and cancer patients and caregivers and just letting them know that you know, immediately they can begin to. That's incredible. So let's go back to the COVID because you said you went online. Were you doing any kind of remote discussions with some, or was it always a physical drive to the Southern wherever? I mean, across Calgary, but in and outside the surrounding communities. We've done, it's primarily been face-to-face programming um, with one exception. We have a program called Money Matters, which is a one-to-one solution-based program around we've finances. Lost, we've lost oh, visual audio. Yeah. We, we lost your audio there after the one-to-one, oh, no. the, the money matters. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's could be okay, both of our sorry. connections. My if it continues, we will, we will, we will uh, figure out a better way. But uh, so anyway, so the money, the financial, how taking care of from both again, all parties um, that's an online discussion that's been done in the past. 
Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that one's yeah. always been available over phone as well. Um, and so we've served people from across Alberta, actually, with that program. But right. otherwise, yeah, most of our programs have been face-to-face. And when, when COVID struck, we were just finishing up our first ever remote uh, pilot program of a, a program that we deliver called Brain Fog. So our, our expertise was pretty small <laughs> and our learning curve pretty steep. But, um, but yes, to the credit of our team, they were able to. So let's, I've been looking at some of the things, yoga, which, you know, to yoga is obviously done sort of people do it in a studio, but now that yoga sort of this, and a lot of the fitness studios are online and doing it remotely. Are you, cause that seems to be several uh, spots on your website here. Is that something that's been real? Or, uh. Hi, Patty. So yeah, we had a little, little audio trouble, so we're back on. But you mentioned primarily you were doing face-to-face programs, but you started a new program. Was it called Brain Fog? Yeah, it was. So Brain Fog is a program that we've been delivering for quite some time. But we, we, in anticipation of our Southern Alberta work, we had begun a pilot where we were delivering Brain Fog remotely. So, um, so we that was really the only um, remote program that that we had happening with right. this one one singular pilot when COVID happened. So, what kind of program? I mean, just for the benefit of me <laughs> and the listeners, what 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 was that? What was the program? The pilot program. Yeah, so Brain Fog is an eight-week program, and it it helps people to deal with um, a a pretty universally experienced condition that people have, which is uh, difficulty with multitasking, with remembering, um, just, you know, as the name implies, Brain Fog. It used to be called um, Chemo Brain, but what the research... What the research has shown is that um, it isn't strictly people that have had chemo who have these kind of symptoms, these cognitive uh, challenges. Um, it, it is people that have also had radiation and other um, forms of cancer treatment. And wow. Yeah, and what the hypothesis is, is that really it's some of, of the cognitive challenges is really associated with the fear and, you know, just kind of the emotional distress that people right. are also experiencing. Um, so the program is wonderful. It's an eight-week program that helps people to really, it, it can't resolve the cognitive issues, but it gives people strategies and tips and tools for managing yeah. until until their brain feels like it's back to where it used to be. And that, sometimes that can take up to five years after cancer treatment. So, I mean, if we go back to your, your seven... I mean, seven years, seven years or 2007 when the three, the three founders, is that something they faced as well? And they just didn't have the guidance, any, you know, any help on that? Cause it seems like it, it must've been pre- prevalent for a while. Absolutely. Yes. And at that time there wasn't such a thing as a brain fog program. So they just muddled through it. But, um, but yes, there's a wonderful uh, person, Dr. Heather Palmer, who created this program called brain fog and we um, are licensed to deliver it um, at Wellspring. And, and it's a huge, it's really interesting, Alan, uh, when that program, when people come together, um, that program for the first time they yeah. go around the table and, and everybody introduces themselves and there's a huge collective sigh of relief because people suddenly realize you know many of them are living with this not only the fear of cancer but now yeah. they're living with this fear about their declining cognitive ability is that and crazy they're wondering, you know, I mean, wondering I, yeah. do they yeah, have are, a, am i crazy sorry <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. Or do I now have a brain tumor? You know, people yeah. have a lot of, of fear about this. And so there, people breathe such a sigh of relief to know that other people are going through this and that there is going to be some way of managing it. You know, I think I, I you, with 90 programs, and I, let's just take the pre-COVID time, you must have had an army of volunteers. We do. Um, Wellspring is really interesting. I mean, I've always worked in the charitable sector and so yeah. always benefited from volunteers. But the Wellspring model is very significantly volunteer supported. We have um, 400, approximately 400 volunteers that um, are core to our business operation. Yeah. Um, so people that provide peer support, people that um, welcome our members, people that help with our fundraising, but also we actually were featured in a book called The Abundant Not-for-Profit as one of five North American case studies because we, you know, we've been so blessed to have so many people come forward and express interest that we also, we don't immediately look to posting a role. We we will often, when we realize that there's a need that exists, we will post it as a volunteer opportunity right. first. And so we also have people that bring their professional expertise to us and, and contribute. And so we have, you know, IT experts and, and um, human resource experts and others who play a really vital role in our organization. Well, because you're managing, first of all, managing 90 programs, managing the, the, the volunteers and your own, the, I guess, full-time staff, managing the, there's a whole, I mean, you're a machine. I, if I'm thinking this is a, a well-oiled machine, you've had several years to, to, func- to get that running. How long did it take you to get uh, to transition during COVID-19? Um, we closed on March uh, 13th, I think it was, uh, yeah. discontinued our face-to-face programming, and the next day converted three of our programs to phone, the ones that were appropriate, like right. peer support, Money Matters, and our tra- transition support coach. And then we had the, the weekend, so two days to get everything up and running and the following Monday. So within three days, our programs were online or, or over the phone. I think so that speaks a lot to back to the, you know, the IT or the tech element, right? And then and, and just the people, the willingness of the, the people who are involved. I mean, literally the resolve to just turn that around on a dime, literally you on a dime, you just turned around, spun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would say the other thing is just the passion about our, you know, our, the, we, we, um, we work in an organization where people care so much right. and have such a significant understanding of the the fear, the isolation, the sure. disruption that cancer causes. And, and we're really lucky to work in an environment where our singular focus can just be on helping to manage that or helping people to ease that. And, um, and so we, describe ourselves as member focused and of course there is no membership per se everything that we offer is free there's no referral that's required but we call the people that we're privileged to serve our members yeah and, and we have yeah we're so fortunate to be able to just really listen to them find out what matters to them and then translate that into practical supports and programs and other things and and that's what happened in this case too we knew okay, we're not going to be able to do this face-to-face anymore. So how do we make it work for people now um, in this new environment that we're all a part of? And so I I would say that a lot of that transition happened because our team is just so passionate. And so we're not, we aren't actually a very um, IT savvy group. (laughs) You know, we're very, (laughs) we're, we're very good uh, at human contact and yeah. at, at support, and we've been less focused on IT. Um, so there's been a massive learning curve, but that's the other thing is our team has just shown such um, 
great interest and in just learning. So everybody's been on a big, steep learning curve with a few exceptions. We have some wonderful colleagues that have a little bit more knowledge sure. in this area and they've been playing more of the training role. But, um, but anyway, both our staff, our volunteers, our program leaders, everyone's just been um, pitching in and excited to learn. And we, we've kind of been characterizing it as we've been building the plane as we're flying it, but it's working. Well, so I heard someone that said, said they, they described it as, You've just been thrown off the cliff, and uh, yeah, yeah, you got to build a plane to land, something like that. That's for a lot. Of, I mean, I don't know if it quite fits, but you've got a lot of moving parts. And you know, I don't, I don't know where to begin because I think of the programs. You said ninety programs. I mean, you've got art, you've got music. I'm thinking you must have uh, collaboration with Calgary Arts Development, maybe Theater Calgary. Is it? To we get- cl- collaborate with a lot of groups. It's been a big part of our. Um, just our reality is, and our interest right from the start is yeah. that we recognize we can get a lot more done if we partner with others. If we make, and I guess related to that, we've also said, let's not duplicate. If something exists, let's make sure we tell people about it and, and refer people there. Um, where it doesn't exist, let's create it. And where it makes sense, let's create it together. So we collaborate a lot. Um, yeah. uh, yes, um, in the arts realm, recently with Lunchbox Theatre, um, but we also do a lot of work with the University of Calgary. Um, you know, for instance, one of our MOUs is with the University of Calgary Faculty of Kinesiology. Um, oh, right. Where we, yeah, where we partner under, um, with uh, in particular, Dr. Kulis-Reed, Nicole yeah. Kulis-Reed, um, whose research focus is exercising cancer. And so we have a really effective, wonderful partnership there where her um, master's and doctoral students lead our exercise and movement classes. They train our other exercise and movement facilitators. Yeah. Um, our members then benefit from the most current research around exercising cancer, and their students benefit from working with people that have all different types of cancer um, as they're you know learning about and engaged in research around exercise and cancer. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I literally looking at your website, and I, I all I could think of was Tom Baker Cancer Center. That was the first thing that came to mind. You've already said UFC, but you, I was expecting you to talk about the cancer center, and you made, and you went and talked about the fitness. I, that wouldn't be a natural thing. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? I just don't. I just didn't put health and fitness together with cancer. Wow, that's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, the research actually in the exercise realm is so unequivocal about the value of of exercise, not just um, after treatment, but um, during treatment. Even they're yeah. encouraging people to exercise to a certain threshold during treatment. So, so yeah, uh, Wellspring Calgary was actually the first um, Wellspring Center in Canada to introduce exercise. We did it immediately. I think it's a reflection of of Calgary a bit. That Calgary is such an active city, and yeah. um, and we have. One of a world class researcher here, um, uh, Dr. Kulis Reed. And so we, that was one of the first people we connected with, and we launched exercise programs at the outset of launching any of our programs. It's hard. I mean, if you go to your point earlier about the chemo, you know, it's hard. And, and if you've got this brain fog and you're sort of thinking, well, I mean, it's really just hitting, you're, it's, you're getting hit on the physical, you're getting hit on the mentally, the mental. And then, you know, suddenly, I mean, how do people get up? Maybe is that the programs? Some of the programs is that this is what you can do, a real simple exercise. Is it that basic? It is, yeah. You know, it's that basic. It's, you know, we have very gentle exercise programs, but we also have, 
more rigorous programs. We, you know, people are at different places. Yeah. But yes, we kind of meet people where they're at. You know, that's why we have so many different programs is that you're right. It hits people at all different levels. I mean, we know that there's, that people are affected physically, cognitively. There's yeah. nutrition issues for many people, especially, you know, head and neck cancer survivors, but everybody pretty much, et cetera. So, so we try to make sure that all of the issues that we're aware of, that we know that people experience, that we've got programs that speak to that. And um, one of the things that we do when people first connect with Wellspring is we have what we call a peer navigation process. So we, you know, vital to what we do is having these wonderful um, people who've been through cancer, either as a patient or as a caregiver, who when we're physically together, they actually are the people that greet people when they walk through the door and provide tours and help them to sign up for programs. And now in this COVID environment, they're the people that we still connect them to over the phone. Yes, and, and they're there to just find out what you know, what what's happening for you, this person who stepped through our door, and, and what is it that you need? What's your energy level? What are some of the pressing issues for you? And then help them to navigate with so many courses that we have happening. We don't want people to kind of be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed, yeah. That was the first. I mean, yeah. you come in, you look at, and I'm not, I'm not knocking the website. I'm like, wow. I, first of all, I, the first thing that came to mind is another thing is, you know, Calgary Food Bank. If you talk to James McCara and, and and it's like I'm talking to I'm literally it's like deja vu because you've got so much and you talk about partners and you talk about you know we don't want to duplicate and they're he's he's kind of tech oriented you you've I think you're being modest because I I got to imagine there's got to be some tech play here because you don't have this much happening with people not tracking and the data and things like that but I I don't want to put you on the spot no, we sure do. Yeah, absolutely. We've, you know, that's been critical is making sure that we understand, yeah, that we're tracking and that we yeah. understand what, um, what the the needs of our members are, what their ages are. Even, you know, some of our programs are are strictly for young adult cancer survivors because, as you would expect, their yeah. issues are very different than other you know, other gen- people of other generations, yes, they're thinking right. about things like fertility and their career and, you know, et cetera. And, and being able, what Incredible. the research tells us about young adults is the most important thing for them is being able to connect with other, with other young adults. So we Wait, make sure that you even have a YouTube channel. You, you, I mean, you guys are way leading edge. You've got a YouTube channel. <laughs> tell, tell me about the YouTube channel. <laughs> well, we've just found um, that, yeah, so we have, again, a yeah. wonderful volunteers that have come forward that have videography skills and a really great way for us to be able to tell people about our programs is to be able to show them, like have you oh, know right. videos where they can right. check out, hear from the, the program leader of Brain Fog, what this program's all about, hear from some of our members, what they what benefit they've experienced, et cetera. Yeah. So, so yeah, we do have a lot of videos. We use that a lot. Um you have yeah. a so you guys are social media gurus. I mean, I, I could not find nothing. You know where you. I guess next is going to be TikTok because you got a lot of youth on there. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yes, I think that probably is the next frontier. But that's you know to your point about teaching because I mean you two. We were just talking the other day about how TikTok is going to be the next. You know, just Google it or is that going to be a TikTok? And and but this is to you know YouTube is real more mainstream. But maybe that's you've got a lot of youth. And I to your point, the website. You're full of why? Why is it YA or what you call it? YP? Yes, YA, yeah. YA, okay. Youth programs or youth, you know. So you've got a lot happening. But I, I literally, when I, when I mentioned earlier, there's uh, the music. There's a music element. I saw something on your website. You've got there's an arts festival or music festival happening. 
Yeah, we've been so lucky. So the other way that we've had to really pivot is fundraising. You know, yeah. we are, we're an organization that receives no core, no, so for example, no United Way or no government funding. Okay. It's kind of core funding for us. So we exist strictly on the generosity of our community. And right. like so many other charities, we had two of our major events that um, had to be postponed, something called the Firefighter Stair Climb Challenge, where we invite firefighters from all over the world, actually, yeah. to take part. And uh, climb the stairs at the bow building and uh, and then another run walk called light it up calgary so we put those on hold um and then started looking at how do we raise funds in this environment and um one of the things that one of the programs that we offer which is a program called house music and that's typically where we invite local artists in to either of our centers we've got these centers that look a lot and feel a lot like homes right. so we, we would invite artists into the great rooms and uh and just have these nights where we we describe it kind of as a night to forget cancer it's where you know families and spouses and um, people just come and they listen to beautiful music and connect with other people over over a break um and so we we put those on we made those a virtual program as well and they're being very well subscribed and and we realized that um that was maybe one of the ways that we could raise funds so We've been incredibly blessed to have a whole bunch of local Calgary artists come to us and say, we would love to put on these two um, fundraising concerts. So we have those coming up. We also had a, a gentleman named Keith Alessi, who was in Calgary recently touring with yeah. um, at Lunchbox Theatre, uh, uh, a CEO who had found himself just after retirement uh, being diagnosed with a head and neck cancer. Right. And, He's created an amazing play, and uh, so he he also kindly has um, shared his gifts uh, with us, and we just had one of his fundraising concerts last week, and we have another one coming up this Sunday. Nice. You know, just, I had to, uh, I'm like, Derek Manns, I don't know if you know Derek from, he's got a company called Stagehand. Mm-hmm. I know of him. I don't. Yes. It's not. I mean, I, I don't lot from the fundraising side, but he's he's done a marketplace for gigs, the the musicians and gigs, and because of COVID, they've done a lot online. But literally, it sounds like at some point you guys might want to connect because it's just that the musicians across Calgary, because he found after many years of that there just wasn't anywhere for them to play, and he started or he was part of the program getting the live musicians at the airport. And so they, they've, you know, obviously now because of COVID, uh, they had to back back off on that. But it's it's kind of interesting when you mentioned when I saw the music, I thought, wow, I think there's an opportunity. It's called Stagehand. He, he was on. Yeah. He, was, he was a friend of the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So, wow. Look him up. That's wonderful. Thank you. So, Patty, I look. I, I'm I'm just fascinated by the the sheer uh, you know the the things you've done and that they're talking about. Is there? I don't even know where to end or I don't know. I don't want to end this because it's pretty exciting, but literally the, you know, the, the stuff that James McCara and he talked about that. And I, and I want to get into the tech side a little bit because there's so much data and history. And you talk about the, the founders in 2007. I mean, that's 13 years ago. Imagine the number of patients, age, gender, uh, generations. You've got so many, there's so many elements. Do you track that? 
We do, yeah. So we've um, currently we have over sixty seven hundred members. Yeah. Um, so people that are accessing could access our program at any one time. Um, and yes, we you know we have very detailed actually tracking of of who those people are, so that we understand what their cancer is, what their you know what age they fall into, what their needs and interests are, yeah. whether they have a, an advanced cancer, because we have um, programs that are for people that have not that they have to take this, but based on what we've heard from our members, there was also an interest in having some programs that were available for people that had what we call a cancer that will never go away. Yeah. We're, you know, where they wanted to be able to have different conversations than they might when they're sitting next to someone in an art class who's just been newly diagnosed and they're facing different right. issues, thinking about, you know, end of life or, yeah. you know, some of the challenges of a metastatic diagnosis. So yes, we track, you know, all of those things that you might expect and those, all of that information then helps us to um, make wise decisions around programs that are reflective of what we're hearing from the, our members. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, the, there's, the, there's the issues that happen because as you see to your point of depending on where they're at, the beginning, at the end, the middle, and there's so many, uh, you know, how, who to talk to and who, what maybe there was, a, there was a drug or medication or mental health Maybe there was somebody, you know, there's so much out there. It's incredible. So I'm glad that we, I'm glad I touched on that, but it's 6,700 members, 90 programs. You said 400 volunteers. I mean, the statistics, you've got, you're a raving statistic. <laughs> you're, yes. I don't want to call it. Wow. We have 18 FTE staff serving Southern Alberta. So that just shows you, you know, we're, we're, in some ways small, but we always say very mighty because we're with that, thanks to those 400 volunteers, yeah. we're able to really respond to, you know, in a very cost-effective way to uh, the needs of so many people across Southern Alberta. We had a virtual case study. I said this, I was saying when I had James McCara on from Food Bank, it's a, it's a virtual case study for how for business, you've got, you're hitting a lot of the elements as well. I mean, do you get that in, in terms of, say, UFC not the maybe the business school where they look at this yeah we we've we've actually been trying to coordinate some research ourselves because we think we agree that um we we have had um we've had this is kind of interesting alan we have had a group of patients that came to us there was a there was a a wonderful i think it still exists a wonderful um project out of the o'brien institute uh the ufc um which was called patient-led research and the idea behind it was that you know if we really want to understand if we really want to activate this idea of, of um of patient-centered care, we need to engage patients, not just in, in oh, not right. just listening to them, but actually, you know, designing research themselves, like what are the research questions that they have yeah. and uh, engaging them in research. And so there was a group of um, our members who signed up to become involved with this patient-led research project, and they were trained in qualitative research. And then they came to Wellspring and said, we want to study Wellspring and, and what the, the research question is. Uh, for them was what works at Wellspring Calgary and how and their their rationale for wanting to study it was that they felt there was something happening at Wellspring that was of such value they thought that um, if they could answer that question it's something that could be shared with the medical um, system as well to look at how we might 
engage patients in a different way. So that we had this wonderful opportunity. We've got research that happened many years ago, and it's been really critical to us going forward. We've really tried to make sure that the learnings that they surfaced are, are learnings that we sustain as Wellspring continues to grow. Um, but we also have been looking, we've been meeting with some health economists looking at the possibility of doing some research because the other thing that we're very aware of and yes. proud of is that we, the work that we do reduces the burden on the healthcare system. You know, there is research, not ours, but there is research to show that, you know, in the absence of the kind of support that Wellspring offers, people are more yep. likely to visit emergency yep. departments to go back for expensive third and fourth line chemotherapy, et cetera, you know, reach out to community um, health resources because they're searching for those answers that they need. And so we know we play a, a supportive role to the health system as well. And our, our partners in health, Cancer Control Alberta, certainly recognize that, but we think there'd be value in, in our own research to kind of quantify that. Um, but that's if the patient movement, what you just said, and I'm going back to an earlier podca- podcast I had late last year with Peter Smith from Strata Health. And they, 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 they track the data of patient movement from, you know, from intensive care to infer- the, the infer- whatever it is, that movement, literally to the lower level of care to the high level care. You're on a very similar track. That's a very similar track. And I think, you know, I, again, maybe you can take that offline, but it's literally there's so, you know, it's, 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 it's putting the pieces together. Like you said earlier about not duplicating efforts. There's something yeah. really, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, when Wellspring, when we first opened, it wasn't long after we had opened and we didn't, you know, we opened with very little fanfare. We didn't have a lot of a marketing budget. Yeah. So we just kind of opened quietly and, and we were working hard to especially build connections with our healthcare partners. Um, but, and, and one of the things that we did frequently was we would have these open houses where we would encourage nurses and physicians and others to right. come. And at one, one of our very early open houses, we had two nurses that were on our doorstep the moment that the, the, um, you know, the open house was to begin. Yeah. And they were very excited when we asked them why they said that they were um, they worked in the head and neck cancer clinic and they said that they had had a patient who just described his distress as a nine out of 10 uh, when they saw him in clinic. And the next time they saw him, he described it as a two out of 10. And when they asked him, you know, what have you done? How did you reduce this distress? He said that he had come to Wellspring. So that's incredible. What a reduction. And probably just from a few, few times and getting to talk about, but first of all, head and neck as a cancer is a specialty. This is the first time I have to say it's the first time I heard that as a, a specific area. I mean, you know, head and neck, more head yeah. and neck. Wow. And it's, it actually is one of the really challenging cancers, Ellen, because, you know, people can experience um, uh, real challenges with eating. You know, they yeah. might actually have to have a G-tube as a result. Like it may, it may be impossible for them to eat the way they used to. We've right. had um, members that have had to have their tongue removed because of cancer and so Jesus. therefore not being able to speak. Yeah. Um, there's facial disfigurement that can be associated with radiation of the head and neck. Um, so it's, you know, it, it brings a lot of emotional distress and other practical challenges. Yeah, so it's one of the ones that we, you know, that uh, we've been pleased again to partner with, there's a wonderful radiation oncologist who reached out to us and said, can I come and actually take some of your classes? Because I, I see my patients benefiting so much so that I can learn about them and I can speak with more authority and, and information. So we had a, a wonderful radiation oncologist in Calgary who came and took our Tai Chi classes Crazy. and other things. <laughs> 
No, but that's just but that's just awareness. I mean, for me, it sounds like you want to be speaking from the rafters in your YouTube channel and the other, you know, Facebook. You're not on Instagram, I, I see. <laughs> not yet. Not, yeah. You're on Twitter, but I mean, to the and you're not on TikTok, so I have to I have to scold your your kids for that one. But literally, you know, it's it's shouting from the rafters that this is the awareness, creating the awareness, and and I'm going back to your the foundations of at least Wellspring Calgary. You know, this is a huge. It should be 13 years of data and history and knowledge. And I, I'm just sorry. I just really think there's so much there. Uh, well, thank you. You know, we're so lucky, Alan. It, it, like I say, you know, we started kind of quietly. Yes. But I think because people found such value in it, we were able to kind of, I think, more quickly than we had anticipated, build really strong, um, trusting relationships with the medical community. You know, we were a non-medical, community-based response. Yeah, and that's, support. It is, yeah, it's not maybe wasn't typical for Cancer Control Alberta, for example, to be partnering with a lot of community organizations, but they've embraced us. We feel very lucky we're a part of Grand Rounds. You'll see information about Wellspring on TV screens in Tom Baker and other healthcare settings. Um, They've got our brochures out. Um, We hear from people who come to us that they, you know, our greatest source of referral is the healthcare system. and, And people will tell us that at every you know, visit when they were first diagnosed to, you know, to the moment that they finally came to Wellspring, they were being constantly told about Wellspring. We're even a part of the triage system at Tom Baker. So when someone is diagnosed with cancer there, they complete something called a screening for distress. And they do that not just once, they do it initially, but then they do it at several points uh, during their cancer treatment, just so that um, the healthcare practitioners can assess what are some of those other issues that you're experiencing and make sure that they um, help people to deal with that. And so um, based on how people respond, they're either referred for clinical supports within the healthcare system, like right. psychological counseling, or they're referred to Wellspring. So that's um, that's an important way that people find out about us. Well, that, on that, that point, and I just, you know, this is, I literally had a discussion with a spin for life. So Steve, Stephen Klimpergnage and Zoe Klimpergnage, uh, they're, they have their business is Rocket House, but they do a spin for life for cancer, and we, I think it's part of the Canadian Cancer Society. But literally, we we talked offline. I said, "You guys need to do a cancer cast, a podcast, like just call it Cancer Cast, whatever you want to call it. You can take that name. You and Steve can talk offline, but yeah. I, you know, you just and talk because I was I, I literally think there's so much to talk about. People, your point, you've mentioned it several times. We just we had the guy wanted to talk, or this person wanted to talk. The brain fog. I mean. You could you could take so many offshoots. Session one, that brain fog or whatever it is, right? Yeah, great idea. I love it. Yes, <laughs> you're giving me lots of wonderful ideas and connections. Thank you, Alan. Well, you know this is this is all part. Of, I, I'm the one who was luckier because I get I get to I get to hear firsthand and uh, to hear the, the excitement of all that, that you're doing the programs. But you know, listen, how do people find you, sure, how, Patty? How do they find you? Well, our um, at the moment our website really is a great place to go, um, wellspringcalgary.ca. Yes. Um, uh, but we're answering all calls too, so if they uh, if they get on the website and see our number or Google us, uh, people can call. As I said, every single call is being answered. We're making sure that people. Um, you know, we're not alone. That's our our vision statement is that no one has to face cancer alone. And, and really, it's more a reflection of what we hear from people that find value in our programs. It's just that the importance of um, connecting with other people that understand what they're going through. Yeah. So 
yeah so phone or or website um on our website is a um, uh, is the membership form as i said everything's free but they can you can immediately sign up you can look at everything that's available all the programs that are happening you can sign up right away and get engaged well patty that's a that's a lot of information and, and i thank you so much for your time today and you know i i do have you know personal you know definitely have that personal side both of my sisters different forms of cancer my mother passed years ago uh i still find that awareness and creating more awareness there's nothing there's no end to it i think there's so much we didn't even barely talk about food and health and diets and we didn't talk about mental health which I, you know those are there's so many elements we did we touched on it briefly but I'm, we didn't go into much detail um thank you so much patty today if there's anything else you want to say for covid 19 maybe there's some parting uh, words you want to say you, Alan. It was a pleasure to have this opportunity to ch chat with you. And yeah, just I guess specific to COVID, as I said, we are so mindful that that adds an extra layer of fear and isolation. And we just don't want anyone to think that they have to be out there being afraid, yeah. um, being feeling isolated. Please um, don't hesitate to pick up the phone, go to our website, you know, take part in programs if they're of interest to you. Um, just make sure that, that you're not, um, yeah, that you're not experiencing that intense isolation and fear that we're concerned that people might be, especially during this time. Right. Well, thank you so much. And, and well, I don't, I, literally, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed because my notes, I got to, I got to collate my notes, but literally, thank you so much and uh, stay safe and healthy out there. You too, Alan. Thank you so much again. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.